This sermon was recorded Sunday, July 12, 2021. Pastor Bobby Wood continues in the book of Jude, who wrote how believers are sanctified, secured, and summoned to have compassion as they contend for the faith. Good to be washed in the blood, amen? Amen. I'd like to invite you to uh, the New Testament, the book of Jude again. I want us to go back to the book of Jude. Uh, next to the last book in the Bible, Jude was a half-brother to Jesus, and a lot of Jesus' earthly family uh, were the last persons to trust him. Um, after the resurrection is actually when most of them put their faith in the Lord, and um, Jude was one of those. And All right, are you all there? Amen, amen. amen. Uh, the two, I, I want to just uh, start at the beginning, but I want to give you the two key verses and key two key words that summarize and give us what the Spirit is, is doing through the book of Jude. And this is where you and I definitely come in, okay? This is so for us. Uh, the two verses are verse 3 and verse 22. <laughs> And I'll, I'll read these two verses and give you the key words. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. As we said, that's what Jude wanted to write about. God's great salvation and what it means to be saved and whatever comes with that. But the Spirit took him in a different direction. Because he says... It was more needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Now that word contend, actually that phrase, contend for the faith, is the first key thought and the main key thought of the whole uh, letter of the book of Jude. And as I said, the word contend literally means agonize. It's, it's, it's the runner in the race putting all of his energy to win. It's, it's the warrior putting all of his energy in, into the fight to win. And so uh, it's, it's a strong word. It's a, an aggressive word. Contend for, now notice this article, the, the faith. You know, there's not multiple ways to heaven. There's not multiple faiths. There's only one faith, okay? And this one faith has been handed down to us for a long time. And this is what we are to stand for and continue to have church for and continue to, to pray for the, the faith. Now, let me summarize it this way, okay? I know, let me just put the obvious in front of you. I'm sure it matters to you whether you die and go to heaven or hell. All right? And I'm sure it matters to you whether your children die and go to heaven or hell. Okay, so now you know why the faith is so important. Now you know why it's so important. We keep on preaching. We keep on praying. We keep on believing. We keep on serving the Lord. We keep on standing for what's right. 
Okay, because we're dealing with souls, we're dealing with people we love uh, that that have an e eternity about them, and so that's why it's so important, church, that according to Jude, being led of the Spirit, that we continue to stand for what's right. Now, now, if you think about this phrase, it you know I know for a lot of you in your past, in your life, in, in a few years gone by. Uh, the church wasn't really contested. Um, a lot of things uh, uh, about the Bible, about the house of God, and, and things like that were, were pretty much um, the norm, if you will, okay? Pretty much respected in our nation. Now, come on. You know and I know it's all changed. It's all changed, friends. And there are things that you know, and, and listen, this is nothing new to you this morning, but I'm just reminding you, it's going to continue to change. Not for the better, okay? The, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, these things should not surprise us. We've been warned by the writers of the Word of God that, that in the last days, folks would depart from the faith and all kinds of false teachings and all kinds of false lifestyles would come about. And I want to tell you something. It's tough. It's so tough to stand today for what's right. And, and so, friend, I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ, but I want to tell you something. Get ready to be ridiculed. Get ready to be contested if you're living out your faith. But that's okay because, listen to me, we listen, we're not serving a Jesus who had it easy. Okay, I have to remind you, friend, that the Jesus we profess and serve and worship was the most hated man on planet Earth. We love him. We hold him high. We hold him as the highest. But you got to understand, the devil and everybody living for the devil is anti-Jesus. You have to understand Jesus Christ and everything that he stands for is the most hated person on earth today. Man, it's hard for us to get this in our minds. Because we have this assumption. Man, we all have all kinds of assumptions, you know. And sometimes if, if we hang on to those assumptions too tight, it'll mess up our world. You know, when I started ministry, I had the assumption Christians love each other. <laughs> Boy, didn't that get, you know, blew out of the water real quick. Especially when the first church God sends you to pastor had split right down the middle about a year before you got there. We have these assumptions today that if I set out and I try to do right and I try to be a nice person, a friendly person, a good Christian person, I want to help people, I want to help people get to heaven, I want to help, you, you have this assumption that people that work with you, will they just embrace you and love you. Oh, you've become this wonderful person. But friend, I'm going to tell you, that is a false assumption. We assume because we're trying to live right as parents. We're guaranteed perfect kids. 
See, we have all these crazy assumptions, and this is why I think the book of Jude is so needed today, because let me remind you of what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said to his disciples in John. He said, as the world hated me, it's going to hate you. And you know what I found out in this world, and you probably found out, the devil does not care how much I talk Bible. He don't care. He just don't want me to live it. See what I'm saying? I mean, men can stand in a three-piece suit, put their hand on this book, and swear themselves into office, and vote for everything that this book does not stand for. And so the devil don't care. He don't care how much America has Bible. What he hates is people that are trying to live the Bible. Amen. Am I making sense? Yeah. And so I feel like I'm talking to folks here today that feel it's important that we continue to contend for the faith. And man, I, you know, I could just preach on that phrase because, you know, people will tell me, and I've been told, and that's okay, you know, you're, you're, you're narrow-minded and, and all this because I simply believe with all of my heart. Listen, listen, what's the faith? Okay, there's one God in three persons. I was baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. Amen. Amen. In the beginning, this, this God created the heavens and the earth. There's no such thing as evolution. God made it. Amen. God made it all. Men fell into sin, and the whole race of humanity has been corrupted by sin, and that's why the whole human race needs a Savior. And so God loved this world so much that He sent His only begotten Son, and that whosoever would put their faith in God's Son would have everlasting life and would never perish. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. I do not care what name or title is above a church door. If you're not preaching Jesus as the way to heaven, you do not belong to the faith. Period. I want you to go to verse 22 because this is the other side of the coin. We're to contend for the faith. The other word that matches contention is compassion. Verse 22 and 23. Of some, some people have compassion. Now the word compassion is a beautiful balance to the word contend. If you, for example, if you, if you have uh, a con and I don't want to say contentious in a negative way, but if you have a contending stand uh, for what's right spirit, but you don't have compassion, you're going to become a very mean church member. And if it's all about your church rules and church regulations and church traditions and people don't dress like you or look like you or talk like you, you're going to become a very mean person. And there are a lot of church members who are just downright mean. And they'll run around with picket signs and stand for what's right. But there's no love in their heart. Amen. Or you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so this is the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ who stood in holiness, but Jesus was always moved with compassion. It was always out of a spirit of love. 
Now, look, let's here's our phrase. Stay with me. Of some have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of what? We contend because there's a faith that's critical. We have compassion because there's a fire. And our job, according to Jude, these two verses we, we just read. I want it just, I'm just repeating myself, but it's important that I do this. We contend for the faith because there's people headed for hell. That's the fire. What keeps me out of the fire, the lake of fire at the end of the road, is my faith in Jesus Christ. And so, friend, our job is still to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. That's, that's all I'm worth, Patsy. It's all I'm worth. And if I still have to sweat it out and toil and face whatever I have to face in this life, I want to continue to preach the Word of God. Because, lo and behold, every blessed now and then, somebody will hear the Gospel, put their faith, Faith in my Jesus and heaven will become their destiny. That's my job. That's the mission of the church. Come on. Come on. Man, do we need a wake-up call. Do we? And, and, and I'm not for the coronavirus. Oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. But there's a silver lining in this thing because I want to tell you what God Almighty's doing. When the prodigal son ran out of money, he ran out of friends. When he ran out of money and friends, he didn't have nobody but daddy. And I want to tell you, God's pulling some stuff out from under our feet we've been standing on that's been keeping us away from Him. And now maybe some folks will start looking to Daddy. Yeah, and you, you ain't seen the end yet. These little government checks, thank God they help us, amen. But I want to tell you, they can't run on forever. I mean, who knows how long God's going to let it run out. But if it gets people to wake up and keeps them out of hell and gets them into glory, then more power to it, amen. I mean that with all my heart. Yep. <laughs> Our Father knows what's going on. Amen. He knows exactly what's going on. And buddy, if He can't get people's attention through a Sunday morning sermon from one of His preachers, He can get their attention. You remember that old story in the Bible where the old guy was called for by the king and he said he kept ignoring the king. King said a man down there, he said, go down there and set his barley fields on fire. And buddy, him old barley fields, that was money in the bank, got to burning and smoke rising. He made his way to the king real fast. And I'm going to tell you something. God can set your barley fields on fire. God can wake men and women up. And you know what? If he's doing it, hallelujah, he's perfect in everything he does right. And sometimes we just need to stand back and say, Father, you just have your own way. Because I'm going to tell you something. This preacher is saved. I'm ready, Ben. I'm ready. Whatever time. I'm okay. Do you understand? There's multitudes that concern me. Amen. Who are lost. And so that's why, according to Jude, verse 22 and verse 23, we're in the soul winning business. Amen. This, is why, this is why we do this. Because we're trying to help and assist and be used of the Lord to pull people out 
of the fire. To put up a little rescue mission on the edge of hell. And help as many as we can. Amen. Now if you're sitting here today and you're a Christian. Oh. You know sometimes if you don't use notes. The Lord will drop stuff in your spirit. And you're just like ouch. I just got one of those like. Oh you really want me to say that Lord. Um, I. I I know I can't preach to people that ain't here, <laughs> but the horrendous tragedy of what I'm preaching about this morning boggles my mind because I don't, I know I was raised in church. I know heaven is real. I know hell is real. I know the Bible is true. I know everything God says is true. And as a, as a parent, and my wife and I in 100% agreement, we, we, we never ever had a little husband and wife committee meeting should we take our kids to church to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Because we knew that our Father in heaven had given us a, you know, two precious gifts. And all we wanted to do was give them back to the Lord. And pray that, that when they reached the age of accountability and the Spirit began to deal with them, they would know who to turn to. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sitting here talking to you like this is common stuff. And what boggles my mind is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parents who, who are so cold, so devilish, so mean. If you don't care to get your kids under the preaching of the gospel, you, you're... you're, you're, you're you're a devil inside. Or do you hear me? Do you hear me? A preacher that won't preach it like God said it is a devil inside. Amen. I'm going I'm to tell you, any doctor that ain't going to be up front with me and he's going to beat around the bush with me, maybe if he'd be up front, I could get a second opinion and get it fixed. I don't want to ever go to his office. I don't want to give him a penny. He's a devil inside if he won't tell me what I absolutely need. And I want to tell you today, friend, this is why Jude says contend for the faith. He said there's a lot of people today, even in our churches, we know our nation is going to corruption and, and, and garbage, but I'm going to tell you, what I'm saying is Jude is saying, this is, comes through people. I don't know. I'm going to preach this morning. I, I, you know what? Come on. I've been doing this thing too long. If I, you know, come on. If it's me and Daphne, we'll have church. I might even run her off. If it gets down to me and her, I ain't preaching on that text. Women would be silent in church. If you can vote for a party that believes in baby killing, you're wrong. If you can vote for a party that believes in same-sex marriage, you're wrong. See, I told you. You say, Brother Bobby, let's just set the record straight. Whether you like it or not, you can throw stones at me this morning and say, shut up and put politics aside. Why are you so political? Huh? You're all political. And do you know why that's important? I'm going to show you a text in Jude. 
in just a minute. A man who does not believe in God can put a robe on and write words on paper that'll change your life forever. Do you hear me? And if you don't think it's important that God's people speak up, stand up, Amen. and do what's right, we're, we're, we got our head in the sand, folks. I know there's no perfect politician. There ain't no perfect preacher. But what else you got? What else you got? I mean, we'd all want Jesus to come, set up his throne, rule the world. Hallelujah. I'd vote for that right now. But I said, let me, let, me, let me tell you something, okay? Now, you can delete this part of the sermon if you want. A dear lady who's a member of this church, she called me, and I'm going to be nice this time, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to name names. And she said, Brother Bobby, I, I, I'm just a Christian, and I can't vote for so-and-so this year. I said, that's fine. And she said, nobody will give me a good reason and answer me uh, talking to some of her Christian friends. And I said, well, can I give you at least maybe one good reason as a Christian? To... I said, I'm not, you called me, I didn't call you, so let me just try to persuade you. I said, you know, I may not care for the man much either. But in a few years, he'll be history. But the judges he appoints will be there for years. Amen. <laughs> and judges that make decisions that determine the destiny of the United States of America. And if I have a conservative judge that's against baby killing and against things that the Bible supports, you know what, my dear friend? I'm going to say, that's what matters. <clears throat> because men come and go, but I want some men appointed up there Amen. making critical decisions that will affect... I'll be gone. I'll be gone. Listen, I'm 56 years old, but my grandchildren, that's who I'm voting for. Do you understand me this morning? I'm yep. sorry. I got off on that, but that's all right. <laughs> Now, I want to show you something here. Y'all got a second this morning. I don't get to come back for seven whole days. So I've got Haley sitting over going, Okay. I want to show you three things quickly. Verse one. I mean, if we only get two verses, that's okay. I want to, I want to, I want to set you up with a word of encouragement. Okay? Because, because, even though, you know, some of this stuff is gut-wrenching. Some of the things families and parents and churches, just good people are going through, is horrendous. Some of the things that are having to be dealt with. And so I'm not making light of this because the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And buddy, he means it. He means it. And so this is not a playground. It's a battleground. Okay? Amen. I mean, this is not, it's not Play-Doh anymore. It's real stuff the devil wants 
if the devil wants to get as many people in the lake of fire with him as he can possibly get. He's working overtime. He knows his time is short. He's a 24-7, never sleep, and ruin as many people as he can. And I want to tell you, I can't sit up here and paint a pretty picture of that. And so I'm going to tell you, whatever, you, whoever you're going to win, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor, whoever you're going to influence for the Lord, the devil's going to fight you tooth and toenail for it. Amen? And let me tell you something here. I'm, going to, I'm, just, I'm just, who knows where we're going? As I said, Dalton, we got to get this right. Because the devil, there's a lot of things that I think impress people that would win people. All I got to do at New Life Ministry is to find me one person who I could get to join this church who has tremendous marketing skills. And we could market this church and grow it in a week. Double. We can come up with some plans, some methods, some real sound good things for families and, and everybody that needs a club to join. And we can make this the most social, comfortable, attractive church in the surrounding counties if we market it right. But we feel in our hearts that we don't want to stoop to the methods of the world to market our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If He ain't enough, we'll shut the door. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's all about Him. It ain't about this facility. It ain't about anything. It's about Jesus. And I want to preach right now. We'd have some heaven in our churches if we quit making it about us and make it about Him. Who cares what name I'm under in the newspaper? I want to tell you, I want to be known that I preach Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I mean the virgin born Jesus. I mean the sinless Jesus. I mean the Jesus that died on the cross and shed His blood. I mean the Jesus that come out of the grave. I mean the Jesus who's coming back on clouds of glory. Make it about Him. Come on, friends. Make it about Him. Amen. 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 Three things that are words of encouragement. Look at verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, Brother of James, number one, this concerns all of you that are Christians. Before he puts you in the battle, he's going to build you up. Number one, to them that are what, church? You say it. That's a big word, ain't it? The word sanctify is where we get our word holy. A simple definition means to be set apart. If you're a Christian, do you realize that out of all humanity since Adam and Eve, that all God had after Adam and Eve sinned, God had a bowl of clay. And that bowl of clay was now defiled <coughs> by sin. What are you going to do if you're the potter? Why don't you just throw the whole bowl out and start again? Because now the whole bowl of clay is useless. You can't make nothing good out of sin. Throw it away. 
me and you were in that bow. And God Almighty reached into that bow and pulled out a handful of clay and he made you. He didn't only make you, he saved you and changed you from a sinful piece of clay to a trophy of grace. You got people you grew up with. You got people you went to school with. God only knows their names and faces. But some of them are in hell right now. Some of them died without Christ. Some of them died without a profession of faith. You got people you love and know who are right now caught up in the sin of this world. The devil's got his grip on them and they're blind and deaf and lame spiritually. Why are you here? And I want to tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, uh, you should have two hands lifted to the Lord in worship and praise because God picked you out and He developed you and He set you apart as His, as His child, as His servant. That is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He didn't even have to save us, Norma. He didn't have to do anything. God was not obligated to save anybody, but in His grace, he sanctified me. He set me apart. He called me to preach the gospel. Glory to God. That puts me on humble ground. Amen. Yeah. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you are blessed. Amen. That God would pick you. And I know you're not going to sit there and say, He picked you because you were da 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 da. No. There ain't no da-da-da-da-da. There is none good. No, not one. Why did God pick you out? Hey, before we go home today, why did He pick you out? Why did He set you apart? Are you going to, you're not, we're not going to fall into the Jewish trap and say, oh, we're the chosen frozen. <laughs> And I'm better. No, we're not. We're going to be like Paul and say, I was the chief of sinners. But I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. Number two, does that encourage y'all? Number two, this is what God the Father did. Number two, you're not only set apart. You're secure in Jesus Christ. If I, I've, I've preached this from this pulpit and I'll preach it till Jesus you know, takes me home. If I didn't know that I was eternally secure in Christ, I would be the most uncomfortable person on earth. Do you know how I know that? By personal experience. Right. In 1983, when I got filled the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit took over my life, it, it wasn't like a, you know how like you you got your garden and you got a little sprinkle and you know it helps keep it alive, but then you get that abundant rain and it just yeah. starts. Yeah. So that's what happened to me in 1983, and I, I just went boom out of the roof. But what happened with that blessing 
is some stuff went here instead of here. And I got, I got, gosh, this is hard to say. I had such a growth. It's like going into the telephone booth and coming out. I was like, golly, I can't contain all this. But what happened was, is I got arrogant. I'd never been this spiritual. And I was more spiritual than others now. And then, get this brother, get this. Not only did the devil sneak in there, but I got so spiritual that I began to see others so unspiritual, there's no way they're going to heaven. Because I got a buddy who used to be spiritual and go to church, but now he's out and, and, and he was at this place he shouldn't be, saying these things, well, he's lost. He's lost his salvation. That's where I was at. I caused a big old stink in my home church. Because I started t telling everybody, you, you listen, you can lose your salvation if you ain't living right. Now let me tell you what happened. Y'all staying with me, right? Here's what happened. Now, getting so filled with the Spirit, I had such a hunger for the Word, Becky. So I couldn't get enough of the Word. Well, the more I read of my Bible, the more guilt I started feeling. And I was in this horrible predicament. Because now I believe I can lose my salvation and the more I read the Bible and try to do it, I'm messing up all the time. And now you can imagine the spiritual state that I was in. I mean, if I thought a bad thought or said a word I shouldn't have said and caught it, I was like immediate guilt. Oh my goodness. I couldn't live that way anymore. I was a mess. And I went from spiritual to zero. And that's when the truth set me free. When God did two things. He said, any spiritualness about you comes from my son Jesus. So get off your little boasting thing. And second of all, God began to teach me that I'm secure in Jesus. I want you to look at that verse. Why does a why do I have to write a 500 page commentary on once in grace, always in grace, when the Holy Spirit just said you're secure in Jesus? And friend, if you take that away from me, I don't have anything else in this life. I don't have anything. Do you understand? But I have the Word of God that tells me that I'm safe. That I'm safe. I love that word when Ben, we was having a tournament at Park City when he was a little fella. And I'll never forget this. And I was coaching his team. We were in a tournament, a critical game. And Ben was the last batter. And it was tied. And that little, I was on first base, I'll never forget coaching. And that being of all times, and he hit the perfect because he hit it down the first baseline in right field. Now, first of all, I, uh, for any of your parents, God love you if you got them involved, keep them involved. But right field's where you put your weakest player, okay? Um, so Ben hit this one right over the first base's head, going down there, 
And, and man, you know me, I was, son, you run, this is it. If you don't make it home, this is it. And he's running, and they got the ball about the time Ben got the home plate. It was just like at the same time, you know, and everything freezes. And that umpire said, save. Yeah, y'all can imagine, we're all going crazy, crazy. And you know, there's just something about that word safe. Isn't there? Amen. Because one day, right now, you and I, we're running these bases. But one day, we're going to be safe forever. Amen. But I'm safe in the arms of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The devil can't take that away, buddy. Because right. it's in genuine and guaranteed. And I'm here as your brother in the Lord to tell you with all of my heart, encourage you and remind you that no matter what happens to you or comes your way, if you're in Christ, you're safe. I don't care if it's corona or cancer or a car wreck. If you're in Jesus, you're safe today. Amen. I'll tell you the best place to be in this world is in the arms of Jesus. And that's a physically, I'm standing right here. But spiritually, I'm in the bosom of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm in my Father's hand and Jesus said, no man can pluck me away. And I'll tell you, let the devil rage and roar. He can't destroy the body of Christ because we're safe in the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't that feel good? You're a new believer, man. And that's one thing you don't have to worry about anymore. That's settled. You just go on and fight the fight. Hallelujah. Get them home, church. We'll get the kids home. You know all I feel like I'm doing anymore, Brenda, I feel like even preaching well, these times of my ministry, I still feel like I just want to stand on first base to God's people and just say, keep running. Just keep running. God set you apart and He put you secure. And here's the last one. It's hard to find a stopping place. There's so much I want to preach today. But the third one is in that verse that you look at. You've been set apart. You've been made secure. And you've been summoned. You see that word call? Y'all see that? Amen? It means summon. Summon to fight. Summon to stand. There is a call of God on your life. Do you feel it? Amen. Do you sense it? Does it burn in your bones? There's a call of God on your life. You've been summoned by the Almighty. God didn't save me to sit. He didn't set me apart to set me on a cozy pew all my life. He set me apart, gave me security, it says, Bobby, we got all that settled. Now I'm summoning you to go out and live in this world and wherever you work, wherever you go, you stand for me, Bobby. Amen. Do you all know Miss Whitney? Do you all know there's a calling in the Bible? Higher than mine. It's the call to motherhood. 
Mama gets them long before we do. It's a call. Do you understand that? And if you're a Christian, somebody said, Leonard Sweet wrote a book, Summoned to Lead. And he asked a question. Are great leaders born or called? And he came to the conclusion that they're neither born nor called, they're summoned. I'll close with this thought. And he says on Thanksgiving Day in 2011, a seven-year-old little boy with his two little sisters younger than him and his mother were driving in their pickup truck. And something happened with one of the little babies and mama didn't look and ran off the road and turned the truck upside down. It was cold and still the sun hadn't come up. And the seven year and mama was unconscious. And the seven year, uh, seven year old boy took his coat and covered one of his sisters and took, I don't know what else, I can't remember, but he covered his other little sister, and they're crying, and Mama's unconscious. Down the road, he sees a light. He runs with all of his might, in blistering cold, and runs to that light. And just so happened, the old farmer was out early feeding. And he turns around and there's this little boy out of breath who's running, running and running through the mud. And he tells this guy what happened. And this is a true story. And the old farmer was able to make a call. And Leonard Sweet says, this little boy, was it great? He was a seven-year-old boy who saw a need and instinctively he was summoned to save his mama and sisters. And you're saying, well, Brother Bobby, I haven't heard from God whether I should do this or that. Oh, man. There are so many people dying without Jesus. Don't you see and feel the need to do something? Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from New Life Ministry. We pray that God has spoken to you through it. For more about New Life Ministry, including other sermons, videos, and service times, please visit our website at www.nlmky.org.